What would I do if I lost my whole business? If my email list got deleted and my YouTube channel was shut down? If my website was erased and maybe even my professional reputation was lost? How would I start over from zero? What would I do first? How would I make my first sale? How would I get the momentum I would need to grow a new business into a reliable source of income? Here's what I'd do if I had to start over. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. If I had an urgent need of steady income, then my first choice would probably be to get started as a virtual assistant. There are so many businesses out there that just need reliable help. Someone who will show up, follow directions, and be able to intelligently problem solve and communicate. How would I get my first clients? Well, I'd start by setting up a simple website, probably with Squarespace, and I'd make sure that I include the results I can get for my clients, as well as my bio and the skills I have, and a contact form so that people who are interested in working with me have a way to reach out. Then I'd start asking everyone I know if they know anyone who is hiring or who needs an assistant or admin support. And by everyone, I both mean online connections and offline connections. I'd also post on my personal social media accounts to share about this new chapter in my life. And as an aside, if I didn't even have my personal social media accounts or personal emails, then I'd start by creating those accounts and getting connected with people I already know. Because I'm assuming that when we say starting over, starting from scratch, starting with nothing, I'm assuming I still have a few personal connections at least. Landing clients is, to a great degree, a numbers game. Now, yes, if your pitches are better and if you're more qualified and if you have more references, then you're going to land a higher percentage of the leads that you pitch, but it still is going to be a percentage of the leads that you pitch. No matter how qualified you are, you're just landing a percentage. When you're first starting out, that might be one out of every 10 leads you pitch or even one out of every 100 leads you pitch. And once you're more qualified, it might be one out of every two leads you pitch. But it's a numbers game. You just have to pitch more people if you want more clients. And then over time, as you become more qualified and get more references and get better at pitching, you'll be able to pitch fewer and fewer people and still be able to fill your client roster. But when you're first starting out, you're probably only going to be assigning about 1% to 10% of the potential clients that you pitch. So I would make it my first goal to pitch 100 people and see how many clients I could sign, both to make sure that I pitch enough people so that I can get my first few clients, but also to start to figure out kind of how I'm doing so far. Like what ratio or what percent of my potential leads am I landing right now so that I have a benchmark to compare myself to as I work on improving that metric. My goal would be to accomplish these first few steps of setting up my website and pitching those first hundred leads within the first week. Once I had at least about half the amount of work that I wanted or needed, which might be about three to five part-time clients, 
Over the next few weeks, I'd start devoting the other half of my working hours to creating content. With this, I'd really focus on quality over quantity. My goal wouldn't be to organically attract customers by regularly sharing free content on social media. Instead, my goal would be to create just five to seven super high quality, share-worthy pieces of content that would, first of all, rank well in search, second, prompt people to share them, and third, impress prospective clients. I'd probably try to create two pieces of content per week so that all this content could be created within a month. After this, I would return to pitching because there's a good chance that I might have seen a little bit of churn and I might need a couple more clients. Also, because I started by only getting a few clients, I might just need more clients to support myself. But when I returned to pitching, I would expect that I would be able to get a slightly better conversion rate with those leads because at this point I would have had a little bit of experience. I might have a couple testimonials or a couple references I could use. So I wouldn't need to pitch as much, and also I already have a few clients. So I'd divide my time up like this. I'd spend about half my time on current client work. Then I'd spend about 10% of my time pitching new clients to keep my client roster full. I'd spend another 10% of my time promoting my content on Pinterest. So those blogs and or videos that I created, those five to seven really high quality ones, they're only going to do me good if I actually share them with people. So I might be sending them to prospective clients, but I also want to get them out there into the general ecosystem and let people organically find them. And the best way I know to do that is with Pinterest. And then I'd spend the remaining 30% of my time setting up my business to be able to scale it. That would involve things like setting up my email list, creating and setting up email opt-ins to get people to join my email list, and creating digital products to be able to sell for passive income in the future. Now, if I didn't immediately need to create a source of income, then I would go about this entire process fairly differently. In that case, I'd start by choosing a topic that I'm interested in, something that I enjoy thinking and talking about and that I have enjoyed for some time so that I know it's not just a passing interest. And ideally, I choose some sort of topic that I used to be bad at or I used to struggle with, but now I've somehow become successful at it. For example, it might be something like a health problem that I've overcome or a life skill that I've become confident with or maybe a professional skill that I have. Basically, it needs to be something that I can teach. Just like in the first scenario, I would set up a website, again, probably with Squarespace, and I'd plan out several, probably five to seven, pieces of content to create. I would focus that content on mistakes that people were making around my chosen topic. So, for example, if I was going to talk about fitness and weightlifting, then I might write an article or make a video about mistakes that beginner weightlifters make that prevent them from seeing gains. Or if I had struggled with eye fatigue in the past, but now my eyes are healthy and are working really well, then I could write an article about common causes of eye fatigue and pain. If I decided to build a brand about homeschooling and helping moms and dads to choose homeschool curriculum and to homeschool their kids' content, confidently, then I might create a piece of content about how to find homeschool curriculum for kids with dyslexia. Or if I was going to teach people about cooking, then I might make a video about 
15 mistakes beginner meal preppers make when cooking for the week. Now, the reason I would want to focus on the problems is to help to interest prospective clients or prospective customers in working with me because when they read about this mistake that they're making or the problem and how to overcome the problem, then they would understand that both I understand where they're coming from and they would also see why what they're doing isn't working and that would interest them in finding a better way to do things and finding a solution to their problem. For each of these different pieces of content, I would both make a video and I would write an article and I would embed the video into the article. And the purpose in doing that would be to make the piece of content as useful for my readers, my listeners, my audience as possible and also to help those blog posts essentially to rank higher on Google. While I was creating this content, I would also on the side be working on setting up email marketing software on my website and giving people a way to sign up for some sort of email newsletter. What the email newsletter would look like would be one welcome email that I would set up in the email marketing software to send automatically to new subscribers when they sign up for the list. And then after that, each week, essentially, when I created one more piece of content, I would send it out to those new subscribers as well. Once I finished creating the free content, or possibly while I was still working on it, I would move on to creating a product to sell. And the first product that I created would almost certainly be a live workshop. Creating that product wouldn't take very long at all because I'd essentially just need to plan the workshop. Depending on the topic, this also might involve creating a slide presentation, or getting materials for demonstration. Next, I would set up a system that would allow people to register for the workshop and pay for it. A couple options that I might consider for setting this up would be using the built-in Squarespace shopping cart on that website that I'd built, or using a third-party software like Eventbrite. It would just need to be simple, look professional, and make it easy for people to sign up, pay for the event, and get the details emailed to them so that they would know how to attend. So you might be wondering how I would promote this workshop since I'm starting from scratch and have no audience. Well, I would add an advertisement for it to my website. This might not be seen by very many people, but every potential viewer counts, every potential customer counts. So I'd put it there so people can find it. I also would share about it on my personal social media. And I'd probably do this in the form of a question. I'd post something like, would anyone be interested if I offered a workshop about the topic? And then I would just personally follow up with the people who responded. I'd also make a list of everyone I know and divide it into two categories. The first being people who might be interested, and the second being people who probably aren't. I would reach out to most all these people, but with two different messages. To the people who I think might be interested, I'd tell them about what I'm doing and why I think they might be interested, and I'd ask them where they are with that thing right now. To everyone else who I don't even think is interested, I would just tell them about what I'm doing, and I'd tell them kind of in the form of, hey, heads up, life update, this is what I'm working on lately, how are you, that sort of thing. And then I would just ask them if they know anyone who might be interested. I'd kind of assume that they didn't know anyone, and so there wouldn't be any pressure there or any expectation, but just kind of, hey, by the way, if you happen to know someone, let them know about this or send them my way. And by the way, this workshop that I'm describing, I would plan to host it on Zoom because that would just be the easiest option. Now, of course, it's impossible to say how many people would sign up for this workshop that I was putting on, and quite possibly it'd be a really, really tiny number. In fact, it's possible that no one would sign up for it at all. But 
It would be a great learning experience. And after I did the workshop, I would have the recording of the workshop and I could add that to my website as a product that's available for sale, which means that from that point on, as my audience continues to grow, I have something I can sell that could be making me some money. And also, because I had taken the time to plan out and present the workshop, I would have those plans that I made. And so in the future, if I wanted to offer that live workshop again, again, if my audience grew or if I found some people who were interested in learning about that topic, I could put on the workshop again very easily. Over the next few months, I'd create and present a few more similar paid workshops to test out different topic ideas and discover what there seemed to be the most interesting. After testing four to six workshop topics, I'd choose the topic that had been the most popular, and I'd expand the outline to create an entire course on the topic. I'd set a launch date for the course and start promoting it. Now, for this first version of this first course, I would keep the scope of the course really limited because customers tend to be a lot happier with smaller, higher quality products than with bigger, lower quality products. And also because, of course, creating a smaller product or a product with a more limited scope is going to be easier for me and it means I won't be overextending myself. That's important because this idea would still be relatively untested. Now, yes, I had tested the idea as a workshop topic, but that's exactly what I would have done. I would know that there was some demand for that topic as a workshop but I wouldn't know if there was any demand for that topic as a course. And so that's why this idea would be untested and I wouldn't want to put too much effort into it. And so I'd want to create a small but high quality product that I would feel confident selling. And if you want some specific numbers, of course it would depend on the topic, but I'd probably plan to record 10 to 15 videos for this new course. I'd create a waitlist for the course and I would personally follow up with everyone who signed up for that waitlist. Since my audience would be super tiny, I wouldn't really expect very many leads, and so engaging personally with each of them would be key to converting a higher percentage of them into customers. Once this product was launched, I would add it to my website as another product for sale. Then I would double down on generating traffic via Google, Pinterest, YouTube, collaborations, and media features. This traffic would translate into email subscribers, and every one to three months, I would put the course on sale or I'd open enrollment for it. Behind the scenes, I'd be working on creating other products. My end goal wouldn't be to have a lot of products to sell, but rather just one really high quality product that there's a decent amount of demand for. Once that product was eventually created, which might be the first product that I created, simply expanded, or it might be something that I created later on once my audience had grown and I'd gotten to know their needs better. Then I'd build out an automated sales funnel for that product. Finally, I'd focus the majority of my time generating traffic and driving traffic into that sales funnel that I had built. As I mentioned near the very beginning, if I was starting out and I needed money kind of as soon as possible, then being a virtual assistant, working as a virtual assistant would be one of my top choices because it's a really easy industry to get started in and to start making money with quickly. And it's something that most anyone with just basic skills of organization and communication can do. So if that happens to be something you're interested in, I wanted to share with you that my friend Abby Ashley has a great training about how to get started and get booked out as a virtual assistant. So I'm going to include a link to Abby's training as well. I hope that you guys enjoyed this and found it helpful. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode and I'll be back again next week, same time, same place. So I'll talk to you then.